0: Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
0: Welcome to UFOs Above Canada, a nighttime podcast series exploring the people, The events and the concepts that surround the Canadian UFO experience.
2: If you have a personal story to share
0: or would like to discuss this topic, join the discussion on the UFOs Above Canada Facebook group. Welcome back to UFOs Above Canada. In the last episode of this series, M.J. Benias of Terra Obscura joined us to help add context to what UFOs above Canada is exploring. In short, UFOs are simply unexplained aerial objects, phenomena, or events. Considering the topic through this lens takes the question of belief off the table. There's no need to debate it. It's a fact that there are UFOs above Canada. With that said, however, not every light in the sky or artifact appearing in a photograph is a UFO. In fact, it's only a small number of the many Canadian UFO reports that end up unexplained. These rare sightings are not what we're going to be focusing on tonight. In this episode, I hope to clear the air, both literally and figuratively, leaving the actual UFOs a safe place to zip around. To accomplish this celestial miracle, I've called upon the guy who gets my vote for Canada's most informed UFO researcher. Tonight, I'll ask Chris Rutkowski, what isn't a UFO? To my good-looking listeners, I've just learned some troubling news. Turns out 66% of men start losing their hair by age 35, and the worst part is, by the time we notice our hair loss, it's already too late. If we're gonna try to do something about this, we gotta do it before what is statistically likely to happen starts happening. Fortunately, we're losing our hair during a time of science, medicine, and 4hims.com. 4hims.com is the one-stop shop For hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Their medical grade solutions, real doctors, and well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions can help us keep our hair. There's no dirty waiting room and no awkward doctor visits. Simply answer a few questions, a doctor will review your case and prescribe you. If you're uncertain about it, it gets even better. Nighttime listeners get a free trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 today. Right now, while supplies last. See 4 for full details on this great offer that would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. So don't wait till your damn hair falls out. Go to 4 slash night. That's F O R H I M slash night. 4 slash night.
1: My name is Chris Ratkowski, and I'm a science writer. I've been writing about strange and unusual phenomena such as UFOs for uh, quite some time. I started investigating in the mid-1970s. I have about 10 books out on the subject, and uh, I just like to share with people and and, uh, help people understand what the UFO phenomenon really is and try and get to the bottom of some of the explanations, uh, what's really going on, uh, what is just conjecture, and you know, is there any good science behind it, and is there anything that we can really uh, put our money on?
0: And one thing you do, uh, actually I had you on my show in the past, is you do the, um, the compiling of statistics for Canadian UFO sightings. Can you just, just uh, tell me a bit about the survey you do?
1: Well, since the uh, late 1980s, uh, I've been uh, compiling and publishing something called the Canadian UFO Survey. And what happened was that uh, as I was investigating in the 70s and 80s I realized there wasn't really a good way of understanding how many UFO reports there really were in Canada and you know whether one province had more than another whether some sightings had uh you know more lights uh that were red uh or orange or or you know what were the prevailing shapes that type of thing no one had actually taken the time to compile some of these statistics and so I began uh talking with my colleagues uh, from b c right to Newfoundland, and I said, "You know, can we just get our data together and uh, you know I'll put it together and I'll try and understand exactly what's really going on in terms of the u f o reports and so I started doing that, and it started out slow, but uh slowly but surely, I started gathering more data and I would say by the mid nineties, I was getting quite a good snapshot of Uh, what was really being reported uh, in Canada, not necessarily uh, to UFO organizations alone, but uh, to uh, government organizations, uh, to uh, RCMP in some cases, to uh, private organizations, uh, Transport Canada, and so forth. And It it was interesting to see exactly what the nature of uh, uh, UFOs really were. What in the world Dance.
2: Oh my God! Look at it. It's
1: all
2: over the place. I don't know. That's
0: a UFO. During your history with the UFO mystery and looking into these things and investigating, I want to hear some common explanations for what initially appears to be an unidentified object or phenomenon in the sky. So, like in in other words, like what are some things that? People see that puzzle them, but aren't necessarily unidentifiable. Could you just kind of give me a list of some of the most common things you would you would see reported?
1: Sure. Well, as background, you know, with Canadian UFO survey, there's somewhere around one thousand UFO reports that are uh, filed every year in Canada alone. So that's a fair number. You know, three per day or so. That's uh, that's quite a few cases. Of course, not every one of those is a spaceship. In fact, I can't really say that any of them are, are spaceships. But what we can say is that um, uh, there's a small percentage every year we can't explain. But of those that that uh, we're we're you know able to puzzle over, we know that some turn out to be aircraft. Uh, I mean, uh, we seem to think that aircraft are fairly common and we see them all the time. But you know, at night. Um, low on the horizon, maybe uh, they're, uh, you can't really see their uh, their strobe lights, or maybe you see one wing that's obscured, uh, you may not realize that it's an aircraft flying along. Uh, and even high-flying aircraft uh, may not show any strobe lights whatsoever because uh, of the distance involved. So you may only see a small, tiny satellite-like star-like light moving high in the sky. Uh, and that could be a high-flying aircraft. And I just mentioned satellites. There's another thing. There's there are you know thousands upon thousands of satellites that have been launched by a number of countries that are uh, easily observable in the sky. A number of websites can actually tell you where to look and predict where the satellites can be seen. Some of these are very bright, like the International Space Station. Um, some are very very dim. Some fly in pairs. Some fly in threes. Uh, certainly uh, uh, they may look a little odd. In fact, the three, if you see three lights moving in the sky, sometimes people say that this is a triangular craft with lights on all points, but actually, there are actually three satellites that are moving together, usually on reconnaissance missions. But even the International Space Station, it's so bright sometimes that people are certain that it's, it's something that's very close, and yet it's something that's, oh, you know, 150 miles up in the atmosphere. So we're, our eyes tend to play tricks on us, and sometimes our desire to see something
0: unusual
1: overwhelms us and makes us think that something that has an explanation doesn't.
0: I often hear people say... um what was seen in the sky was likely to be, you know, blank planet Jupiter or something of that nature. I've never seen something in the sky that I thought could be explained by a planet. Uh, Do do people see planets and mistake them for UFOs as often as it seems when you're reading about this stuff online?
1: Unfortunately, yes. And, And I can say this with some authority because I'm actually going through all the thousands of cases every year and case after case after case, and there are many instances where there's a um, a bright light um, seen, you know, twenty degrees above the horizon, for example, flashing different colors, and a person watches it for not just a few minutes, but sometimes a few hours at a time as it slowly descends toward the horizon. And in most cases, those do turn out to be uh, planets—Jupiter, sometimes Venus and uh, uh, and Saturn—but Uh, You know, again, people, for some reason, if they are convinced that it's not a planet and they're not familiar with what it is, then that sometimes can play tricks. And it's easy to to figure out because you can use star charts and uh, some uh, planetary programs to figure out exactly what's in the sky. And the the trick for me sometimes is to ask the the person who's making the report, well, uh, this seems to be in the... the western sky Um, did you see venus by the way because it was also in that direction And if they say yes uh, they saw venus as well they saw this you know their their ufo plus venus then we can talk a little bit more about what this might have been but if they say no i didn't see any venus well then they probably were looking at venus because we know for a fact that it was exactly where it should have been And, and planets even though they don't twinkle like stars do Um, because of the way atmospheric distortion affects the light from some astronomical bodies, uh, they can change color, they can sometimes change shape and dance around. Some of the most common descriptions is this light was stationary, but danced around back and forth and up and down very quickly. Well, you know, that's simply an illusion caused uh, by stars and planets dancing around in the atmosphere. They actually don't move, They're, they're still right there. And Sometimes we can prove to witnesses that that's what they're observing, but some are very staunch and say, "Oh, I know that this wasn't a planet. I know for sure that this was a UFO." And we just say, "Okay, that's that's your belief. That's that's fine. It's just a matter of uh, you know what the reality is versus uh, what the perceived reality is."
0: And how often are you seeing cases where um, the the likely explanation is something like a meteor or a comet or, or, or some kind of you know, um, not, not not star or planet, but some kind of moving object in the sky that can be explained like that.
1: Well, certainly the most common moving objects in the sky are planes and satellites. But sometimes uh, we do get reports of fireballs and bolides. A bolide is sort of a fragmenting uh, fireball. It's a piece of a comet that's entering the Earth's atmosphere. And they can look very spectacular with long trails and uh, sometimes sparks and things uh, flying off of them. Um, some very bright bolides can persist about oh three, four, five, ten seconds at the very, very most, but usually something like five to seven seconds very, very spectacular, and they really are quite unusual and We do get those uh, at least several times per year uh, across Canada. The ideal situation, of course, is where sometimes these things are able to actually reach the earth so these are all happening far up in the atmosphere, they only look like things that are very close. In fact, the typical description of a fireball or bowline is like an aircraft that's on fire and about to crash just behind the next hill or just behind the building across the street. As soon as we hear those types of descriptions, we know that we're probably, probably dealing with a, a fireball or a bowline.
0: Take it from me, listeners, hiring used to be hard. There were multiple job sites, near endless stacks of resumes, and a confusing review process. Fortunately, the dark ages of hiring are behind us. Today, in an age of magic and wonder, hiring can be easy. No longer will you need to accompany a mystic on a quest to interpret some ancient scribblings deep within Earth's darkest caverns. In fact, you only need to go to one place to get this done. ZipRecruiter.com night Here's how it works. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards. Then, using their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and it invites them to apply for your job. But they don't stop there. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter's techniques are so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, Nighttime listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash night. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash N-I-G-H-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash night. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Today, um, in the modern world, really, drones seem to be kind of a hot topic. Are, are you seeing drones as a likely explanation for a lot of recent sightings?
1: You know, drones are starting to be very common. They certainly are throwing a wrench into a lot of uh, UFO sightings. Up until about five years ago, they weren't quite as common. And although uh, we had the Chinese lanterns, which are still quite common and quite reported, um, but drones are, t- are really... Uh, taking on a life of their own i mean there are festivals now where hundreds of drones are sometimes flown at the same time um even just uh, 3 or 4 or 5 can uh, you know take on some interesting shapes in the, in the sky and make people think they're looking at something really extraordinary but you know they're they're just another thing that people can um, often mistake for ufo's and uh, it does tend to make the uh, the role and the the uh, actions of a ufo investigator quite challenging um you know, to me, if I saw something in the sky, like a hundred lights moving in the sky in very, for various formations, I wouldn't automatically think it was a flying saucer or aliens coming to visit. I would just automatically know that it was some kind of drone display. So as long as you keep a, you know, a good common sense attitude about what is possible to be seen in the sky, uh, I think, uh, you know, it allows us to be, to rule so many things out and and allow us to say, no, there's a few things that we can't explain. And this is definitely not a drone. This is definitely not a star or a planet or a plane and so forth. Uh, because every year, there still are a small percentage of cases that we simply can't explain. but. It's only through investigation and patience, uh, you know the grunt work, uh, uh, so to speak, that we can actually make some advances in ufology to really winnow out all the cases and left uh, so that we are left with the, uh, the good, unexplained cases. Good morning, Jordan. So I can't believe it took me this long to tell you this. On Friday, Laura and I and my colleague at work, were driving to work on Highway 11 from Camelton to Dalhousie when we saw up in the sky a kind of odd oval-shaped object. Very, very um, reflective. It was lit up like a like a light bulb in the sky, but you could tell it was like reflecting light. And, of course, neither one of us were smart enough to get our phones out. So Laura's watching intently while I'm driving and mostly watching. And then, poof, just like that gone right before our eyes. Sometimes the argument that I hear from people is that, you know, if UFOs are real, how come we don't get photographs? Well, we do get photographs. We get many, many photographs. In fact, the number of photographs uh, submitted with UFO reports is rising uh, every year because uh, the argument is everybody has a cell phone and every cell phone has a camera. So we should be getting all UFO reports with uh, with photographs, the problem is that most cell phone cameras aren't designed to take photographs of small lights moving in a completely dark sky, which is the average UFO report. Usually, cell phone photos of things moving in a night sky are virtually useless because there's no reference points whatsoever, uh, and even ones that are taken during the day, I I simply uh, cannot believe. And I, as I said, I can tell you this because I'm going through case by case by case um, throughout the entire year. How many photographs are submitted as UFOs during the day of people who are unfamiliar with basic camera optics? Because they'll say, "I was taking, I, I took a photograph of of the sunset or uh, things in the night sky or, or, or something in the in the daytime sky with some clouds, and I didn't see anything at the time." But you know, when I went put it on my computer and um, put up the, the screen there are these unusual blue orbs and things moving around from frame to frame and uh you know i didn't see it but these ufos are all over the place and they're they're lens flares and and optical reflections from inside the sensors of of the the camera lenses um and uh i i simply cannot tell you how many cases are like this i would say um i was going through just uh the summer of twenty seventeen so June, July, and August, I would imagine at least a dozen, maybe more reports uh that have actually been filed with organizations uh are simple lens flares. so sometimes people have such a desire that they they just it doesn't really occur to them that maybe what they they photographed or seen is not really a uFO
0: And now, where you've been running the survey for so long, compiling and examining this information, I I won't hold you to an exact number, but if you can give me an idea of a percentage of all the reports that you see, roughly what percentage of them are you unable to explain?
1: Well, I actually can give you that because uh, we did a uh, 25-year study. We're in our 28th or 29th year now, but uh, a few years ago, we did a 25-year retrospective And across 25 years, um, there were uh, 13% that were unexplained. Uh, Now, that's actually a little bit higher than I had thought, uh, because typically every year we're somewhere in the the neighborhood of uh, high-quality unknowns, probably in the neighborhood of 2 or 3%. But this is a a general path, so 13%.
0: So there you have it. Although Chris and I both preach the gospel of UFOs above Canada, we also agree there are plenty of identifiable objects and phenomena being touted as miraculous across social media and beyond. There's one thing I do want to say about this episode. Efforts were made to avoid appearing interested in debunking sightings or dismissing the phenomena. Like you heard Chris say in our talk, unquestionably there are a portion of UFO reports that go unexplained. That said, I believe those interested in the phenomena can benefit from better understanding some of the less common but still identifiable objects that may be seen above our heads. And again, to echo some of the comments Chris made, if you see something strange, take a picture and take a good look at it and report it. In fact, the reporting of and investigation into UFO reports will be a topic of a future entry in the UFOs Above Canada series. Now with that, we'll conclude this episode of the Nighttime Podcast. I want to thank Chris Rutkowski both for the important work he's doing and for taking the time to share his knowledge with listeners of Nighttime you'll definitely be hearing from him again on this show. Also, I'd like to thank everyone who's joined the UFOs Above Canada Facebook group. Since the launch of this series, the group has grown to about 1,000 strong, and the discussion has been very enjoyable. If you're interested in hearing more content please check out the nighttime patron group. It's a dollar a month. You can support the show and access the supporter exclusive bonus content, such as exclusive videos, bonus audio and prior episodes no longer available in this main feed. You can join by visiting patreon.com nighttimepodcast nighttime podcast. I'd like to thank the current patrons of the show and welcome the newest members to the group, Kathy, Lori, Nervy Twig, Jen, John, Ethan, Kate, and Jody. I sincerely appreciate you supporting Nighttime by becoming a patron last month. For anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't financially, you can help by telling your friends about the show and leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or the equivalent. If any of you listening want to stay up to date with my activities both on and off the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I use the handle at NighttimePod. If you have any story ideas or feedback, I'd love to hear from you at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, keep looking around and let me know when you see something weird.
2: The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. is that? (laughs) My name is Ryan Sprague. When I was 12 years old, I saw something in the sky that I couldn't explain, and I've been searching for answers ever since. And now, I want you to join me on that search. As part of Entertainment One's podcast network, this is the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Every week, I sit down with people in all walks of life. To discuss UFOs, the paranormal and esoteric, and just plain weird. From the worlds of academia, psychology, theology, science and tech, entertainment and art, and everything in between, we dig deep back here on the ground to find those ever-elusive answers somewhere in the skies. New episodes every Monday available on all major podcast outlets and at somewhereintheskies.com. Remember... Keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies. What the, f- what the f- is that? I'm gonna just say something on this. Hello, this is Dominic. Um, so, if you uh, go on Dominic, if you go on YouTube, Type in Dominic's Twitter, and you will find me and Daddy on videos, and waggles, and all kinds of stuff. <coughs>